Hello, welcome to the Wednesday, April 1st, 2020 edition of the Sands and Storm Center's Stormcast. My name is Johannes Ulrich, and today I'm recording from Jacksonville, Florida. Quampiers or Orange Worm is back in the news. This is some targeted malware that has sort of come back occasionally. This time the FBI released an update stating that one of the targets of this particular malware is also the healthcare sector, which of course currently has other things to worry about. One of the tricks that Quampiers uses is uh, to infect software vendors and then essentially via the supply chain enter the actual target network. This is really tricky to defend against because essentially the malware arrives as part of an update from a trusted vendor. And this is, of course, always very difficult to then investigate and figure out whether or not this update was legitimate. So your standard anti-malware is probably not going to save the day here. Old versions of Quampiers are really well recognized by anti-malware, but you're probably going to see the next one also. Indicators of compromise that were published for past versions don't necessarily apply for the next one. So uh, how can you actually you know, detect uh, something like this? Well, uh, there are sort of two things I kind of spotted. First of all, it has to connect to some kind of command control server. So these connections uh, may be able to uh, be spotted. It is not very chatty. One of the write-ups talked about just one connection a day. So that's likely going to fly under the radar. But in the past, it has used some pretty artificial domain names, also like domain names within the .tk top-level domain. That's something that may stick out. Also, Quampiers likes to start services on infected hosts. And then it also likes to reach out to admin shares, which may be probably the easiest way to detect this particular infection. And well, while you're looking for it, you may find something else too. Just in general, when you're reading sort of write-ups about target malware like this, uh, don't really look at the very specific indicators of compromise. If you're looking at the more generic techniques employed by the malware, you may actually find uh, the malware that uh, is being described, but also other malware. And uh, that may even be more interesting to you. And of course, remote work for IT staff is all the rage these days. There is a correct way of doing it uh, where you're setting up a VPN and then your IT staff will use the VPN to connect to your network and essentially then work like they are on site. Or there's an easy way to do it. Uh, Just enable RDP on all of your Windows servers and expose it to the internet. Apparently, according to a quick study that showed that that this easy way is the route that a lot of people picked. And they detected an increase of 41.5% of exposed RDP services over the last month. This is a real problem, not just because of vulnerabilities in RDP, but also because of weak passwords often associated with these kind of setups. So uh, definitely double check that you don't enable RDP If for whatever reason you absolutely have to enable RDP, make sure that you're using the strongest possible authentication for it. 
Vulnerabilities in home equipment like DSL routers are certainly nothing new, but it's always sad to run into them yet again, in particular in a device that's still widely used, but end of life. So you're probably not going to see a patch for it. The device in question here is the D-Link DSL 2640B. This particular device has a couple of interesting vulnerabilities. First of all, a remote credential exfiltration. All the attacker has to do is send a specific UDP packet to port 65002 and they'll get your password back. Of course, the real question here is why was this feature necessary and included in the first place? There's also a hard-coded privileged account that actually makes it unnecessary to get the actual password from the user. You can also reset the configuration remotely without requiring any authentication. This, of course, couldn't also reset passwords to a default password. That's also well known. Next, uh, the CGI authentication bypass and uh, buffer overflow in another CGI script are probably really not all that important given that the first three vulnerabilities already give you ready access to the device. Your best bet, uh, well, uh, buy a different uh, DSL router. Sadly, that's the only thing you can do here. Try not to buy a D-Link one, uh, maybe Netgear one. Uh, they probably have just the same vulnerabilities. Because sadly, there is no real point for a manufacturer to differentiate themselves by producing a secure device if they're all pretty much the same as far as security goes. And you all remember the SMB311 remote code execution vulnerability that Microsoft had to patch with sort of a special update this month. Well, we do have an exploit for it. Luckily, not a remote code execution exploit, but instead a local privilege escalation exploit. So looks like attackers are certainly working on something and trying to get something to work here. A local approach escalation exploit, uh, well, better than nothing if you're an attacker and uh, maybe will lead in the future to a full remote code execution exploit. So better make sure that your systems are patched and well, of course, SMB should not be exposed to the internet just like RDP. Well, and that's it for today. Thanks for listening. Again, if you like this podcast, uh, please let your friends know. Please uh, blog about it, tweet about it, post on LinkedIn, or just leave a nice feedback and uh, review in your favorite podcast platform. Thanks and talk to you again tomorrow. Bye.